Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another, edi uh, another edition of Their Story Matters right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your get host. I'm not the guest. I'm your host, Sarah Troy. And my guest is Hamilton Conway. And we're going to be talking about abused men's stories that are untold. And why are men being treated as second-class citizens? Everything seems to go back to the woman and the man doesn't seem to have a story because nobody thinks that it's feasible. Well, he is an executive director of the Movement Ministries. He is a father of 10 and an educator of many. He has over 20 years of experience in education and even more in ministry and services to other. His passion is about using his gifts and talents to uplift and, and inspire others. The will, uh, will the Department of Justice believe them? That's what he is asking, drawing from his own experience as a battered husband and a father of 10 children who endured abuse. He's passionate about empowering others to effectively deal in all forms of domestic violence. He says, I'm passionate about advocating for victims and survivors of domestic violence due to his own experience. He's focusing on male victims um, and survivors, but he's collaborated with other organizations and mental health experts to support to start a support group to help male victims and survivors. He also is working with other local organizations to bring more awareness to male victims and other populations of victims that are not talked about. Other organizations as Sisters for Sisters, Moving for Jesus, DC Alliance for Empowering Homicide Survivors, Voices Against Domestic Violence. There's a lot to talk about here today and uh, we really need to get going with it because violence on any level is just simply not the answer but even more so we see it even more prevalent today um, the tensions are high in the world right now and they have been for a while and people will take it out in anger or in abuse and as i said we look at men you think how can men get abused well this thing called browbeating and a woman may hit a man and he doesn't want to hit her back there's all sorts of forms of abuse and that's what we're going to be talking about. Right, Hampton? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Abuse. Okay. Share your story. How did it happen? Oh, gosh. Um, well, part of it was um, initially when I first got married. Uh, well, actually, let me back up. Growing up as a kid, I never talked about it. wasn't a conversation. Domestic mm -hmm. abuse, domestic violence. There wasn't a conversation. I'm sure it was going on in the community around me, but it was something that was just never talked about. It was not like now where social media, you're seeing it happen in real time, you know, and, and it's been, you know, I, I think back about the big deal when uh, the Ray Rice uh, did what he did, the football player, and you had this big why I stayed movement and all of these different things going on. So, you know, it's different now than it was then, because even growing up, like looking at my parents, mm -hmm. my parents did not fight in front of me and my sister. So I never heard my dad call my mother out of her name. I never heard my mother call my dad out of his name. I never heard them yell at each other. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Right. What I'm saying is we never saw it. 
mm-hmm. you know? And so when it started to happen to me, I didn't know how to process that because there had been no exposure. There had been no conversation and I internalized it. Mm-hmm. And so now when I'm getting called names or I'm getting cussed at or, you know, different things are happening, I'm thinking, okay, I gotta, maybe I gotta be a better husband. I gotta be a better man. I gotta, you know, and, and I internalize it all. And which was part of the reason why I stayed, mm-hmm. but it was also a thing where, because I didn't know how to process it, I surely wasn't going to tell anybody. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like who, who am I going to tell, you know, that, that this is happening, you know, especially as a man, right. You know, mm. I had, I felt like I had a certain persona and, 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 you know, way I wanted to be looked at and portrayed. And I couldn't tell people that, you know, I was suffering from anxiety and depression and having all these issues because of how I was being treated by my wife mm-hmm. at the time. So, you know, it just kind of spiraled. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, man, you don't look like you're a scrawny, mm-hmm. you know, dude, you know, why couldn't you just do this or do that? And well, you know, I was raised not to hit a woman. Exactly. That's how I was raised. I hit my sister when I was a kid. I hit my sister one time my father made it abundantly clear to me that that would never happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it never, stayed. <laughs> and, it, and it never happened again. Right. Okay. With any woman. And so that was just something I just wasn't going to do. Um, and, and like you said, it comes in all forms. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, while there was physical abuse, the scars from the mental and emotional abuse far outweigh Mm. any physical scars that I have. Yeah. I'm still working through some of the residue from the mental and the emotional side of it. So that's the part that people just really, you know, need to understand that. And especially when it comes to men, because they automatically think about physical. Yeah. They think, oh, the man should be able to overpower the woman. Well, one, he may not want to hurt (laughs) the woman. Right. And two, it's not always physical. No. I'm from a marriage of browbeating. So I was browbeated, which people never saw. It's saw a very gregarious mm. man, thought we had an extremely happy marriage. Nobody saw the belittling, um, mm. you know, the demeaning, uh, the chopping you down. And, you know, I call it the piranha at the jugular, you know, until mm. you're just melted in the corner. And I consider myself a strong woman, but, you know, it just over the time definitely wore me down. And people don't realize that is abuse. And that is something that just starts eating away at you, uh, layer by layer by layer. And because it is the verbal abuse, because it's the demeaning, and they never seem to do it in front of anyone else, nobody is going to believe you, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, or yep. what did you do to, to ask for it? You know, and then you start questioning yourself, well, am I doing something wrong? Mm-hmm. Right? You know, should I behave in a different way? Ultimately, when it comes down to it, though, the abuser is unhappy in their own lives Absolutely. and they're taking it out on someone else because they don't know how to deal with it themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one of, so one of the things too, I try to explain to people that, you know, it really is about control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that person wants to, the abuser wants to put the person in a position 
where they can control them and 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 it can be and it doesn't have to be physical to control them. Matter of fact, like I said, I honestly feel like the mental and the emotional yeah. stuff is 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 even more prominent and more, you know, when you talk about browbeating, you know, that repeatedly over mm. a series of time just eats and eats and eats and eats away at you. Yes. Yeah. I it mean, breaks you down. <laughs> it breaks you down. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And so and and that's exactly what they want. You know, when you mm. think about what when people talk about wild horses and how they have to break them. Yes. Right. To in order to have control of them. Mm -hmm. You know? Um and it, it's 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 you know, abusers they try to break your spirit. You yeah. know? And and once they do, yeah, you know, because you end up, and I'm sure you can relate to this. There were so many decisions that I compromised on. Yeah. Financial decisions, raising the decisions about raising the kids, decisions about my, uh, about jobs, decisions about you know where we're going to live or the house we're going to buy or the you know there were so many decisions that I compromised on because I was in a position where. Either one is <laughs> going to be the I, wrong one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Or or I just wanted to avoid a fight. Yeah. I, yes. Or I just wanted to avoid being talked to a certain way. So you yeah. just give in, right? Yes. And that's really just giving up so much of yourself and giving up some of it's your own control, you know. But that's what the, that's that's the that's the strategy, you yeah. know. And and I didn't it was a long time before I even recognize or realize that what I was experiencing yeah. was abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Because people, oh, they're just nagging. Well, you don't realize that kind of nagging and, and, you know, it becomes daggers because it's like, how can they say they love you? Right. And then chop you down into little pieces. It doesn't tally, does it? <laughs> it, it doesn't, but you just made me think of something. You triggered a thought, right? So all this is happening you know, the, the, the belittling, the throwing things, I'm getting stuff, I'm getting clothes cut up. I'm getting things that I really, really like that I cherish destroyed or broken. Ugh. Right. And so the wild thing is yes. It, and they turn around and say, I love you. Mm -hmm. And my children see this. Yes. And they hear this. Yes. And then they start to, to, to formulate, a definition of love right that is not no. what love is no. right no but but and this is one of the things where you know when i'm talking to people, a lot of people that are you know get into relationships like this they know it doesn't feel good but because of their own experience maybe growing up in that type of situation yeah they they normalize it right the, you you know it deep down it doesn't feel good but hey you know, this is this is how it's supposed to be. This is the way it is. And no, it's not how it's no, supposed to be. No, no. That is not love, folks. That is right. not love right. at all. And, you know, in a relationship, you need to bring uh, a certain amount of love of self to the relationship, right? If that person doesn't have love of self and low self-esteem or something in their own lives that they haven't dealt with, they are going to dump it on you. Right. Because it's you suddenly become the 
the culprit you're the one to blame for everything even you know i remember my my ex telling me i was blamed to his uh, his birth he was born four years before me so that would have been miraculous you know and it's like they cannot take any responsibility no. for the action they're doing right. at all because what they don't realize is they're in a complete spiral and they don't know how to get out of it and so really it is up to the person who's been abused to sever that tie Yep. in order for them to even go about and start healing if they want to if it, right even if they realize at that time you know yeah. it, but you're right nothing is their fault no uh there's a, there's an excuse there's a you know blame it can go all the way around <laughs> to everyone yes. but them right yes. and so and unfortunately you know we know we can, nobody can learn or grow if you don't take responsibility you know and so I, of course, these are all things I realize now. But of course, when I was in it, yes. I thought she's going to change. She's going yeah. to get better. And you know what I mean? And, yes. and, and unfortunately, you know, you know, they always say hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, you know, while you're in it, you don't see things the same way a lot of times. And, no, no. and yes, it did take me having to uh, honestly, if I hadn't severed, you know, ties, I'd still be in it. Right. You know? Well, you know, the other thing is the children. You know, exactly. I stayed in it because of the children. And it was my children that came to me and said, ah, ah, time to call it quits. Wow. This isn't working and it's having a negative effect on us. Right. right? Which right. was a very courageous thing, but it gave me permission to sever the mm. ties. Because yeah. I thought it was only me being hurt, not affecting the kids. But it and does affect the kids in so many ways. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest with you. I... I carry a lot of guilt. I'm I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm honest, I carry a lot of guilt around the effect it has had on the kids and mm -hmm. wishing I had left sooner than I did. Yes. Um, now, I will say that because I was carrying some of that guilt, when I did have the opportunity to fight for custody of the kids, I fought with everything I had. Yeah. And I was awarded you know, eventually oh, well, brother, because in all honesty, that is a rare thing. It's a very, very rare, rare. Thing. And when I say and and let me be clear, it wasn't easy. No, <laughs> it, it was it was for all of the reasons why, you know, that it's rare. Right. I had to combat all those things going yes. through the court system. I mean, it was incredible that I I was really. All the people that I was counting on to help me protect my kids, mm. I was actually having conflict with. Right. I was having conflict with the police. Mm. I was having conflict with judges. I was having conflict with child protective services. Like, and I'm thinking, I, what is going on? Yes. I'm, I'm coming to you all for help. help. Yes. For help, you know, and so it was a tough, 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 tough battle. But ultimately, um, it worked out in, in their favor. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up getting custody of all 10 children. How did that affect the children? Because for some of them, it's like you're against mom, you know, and, and <sighs> you know, because they're manipulators, moms, uh, you know, the, the other person, um, they can twist things around so much. You know, I have a friend who had nine kids. He wanted, initially it was fine. He could see his kids, he could do this, he could do that. And then one day she decided not. And uh, he went to services about seeing his kid and then she pulled the sexual thing. 
oh, he's sexually molesting the kids. Now, you know that once you get down to that avenue, which of course wasn't true, it was just said, you have to prove yourself innocent. They've got you proven guilty, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a great question. We're still working through a lot of that. Yeah. Um, there not only did, so when I got custody of the kids, I had moved out of state. So I had moved to Maryland. Mom was still in Pennsylvania. So that's what made it even harder. Yeah. Because the judge was very, very reluctant, despite the kids' testimony, despite my testimony, all these things mm. about what was actually happening, because the kids also were getting abused. Yeah. And so even to this day, though, so that was, I got custody of them in 2015. It's still tough. Yeah. Um, for the kids, one, because they're not with mom and they love their mother. And I encourage yeah. Yeah. them to have a relationship with their mother. Um, but unfortunately, because mom has painted a picture, a certain picture of me to them, um, and continues to do so, um, I have to, and it was funny because there, I was the kind, I was the type of person where I kind of just sat back and, I was very careful about what I said and I pick and chose what I said because I didn't ever want to come off as bashing her. Right. Yes. Right. So on one end, I'm trying to be super protective and guarded about what I say and, and sensitive about what I say to them. <laughs> but on the other end, it's the total opposite. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it got to a point where I realized they are buying into something that isn't completely true. Right. So I had to start speaking up just to set the record straight. Yeah. You know, especially when some of the kids would come to me and they would tell me certain things that they understood to be true. Could have been about me, could have been about other family members. And I was like, wait a minute, that's not how that happened. That's mm -hmm. not how that went. And I realized like, because I had kind of stayed quiet on things. Yeah. It validated what you're saying. Right. Yeah. The narrative was hers to tell, yeah. you yeah. know? And so, I was like, wow, okay, I, I, you know, so, but, but to answer your question, it's still something we're working through. Um, you know, the kids have been in therapy um, and on and off throughout th this whole ordeal. It makes it's it's even tougher because every year or so mom refiles mm -hmm. to get the kids back. So it's like we're back in court and, and it's a lot of emotional strain on the kids and it's a tough situation. It, yeah. it is a tough situation, but I'm, we're trying, you know, I'm trying to do it as best I can, primarily by giving them an outlet to 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 process things with a professional, mm. you know. Um, but it's tough. It is tough. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, my kids were were older and they had told me to divorce, so um, they already knew, you know, it was a mess and that, um, and you know, consequently, it's been now 20 years for me now. So they've seen me. I'm a totally and utterly different woman now, and they're all uh, grown up. But you know, I said to them look, your father and I are toxic. We are not good together. Mm -hmm. um, but your relationship with your father is your relationship. And I'm not right. going to interfere with that. I want you to have a relationship with him. And they understand that their father can only give so much. Only so much time, only so much love, only so much this is just who he is. And they accept him for who he is, right? We walked, my, my ex and I walked our daughter down the aisle together. Wow. So, you know, we can be in the same room together. Um, right. He's very heavy on conspiracy theories and this and that. And so sometimes he wants to bring everyone down and everyone says, no, we're not going there. So um, I wish him well. 
but I am very glad that I'm not in the relationship anymore, you know, because I didn't realize how much I'd lost of myself, which I understand you would have as well. And I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind. No. About that, when you said, you just said that you're a completely different person. Yes. Now. And I wanted to ask you about that because, and then kind of come back around to a conversation that yeah. I was just having with my daughter last night. Um, but I'm curious about what you mean by you're a completely different person now. I was, uh, I would say that I used to bend myself into a pretzel, trying to be what everybody else wanted mm -hmm. me to be. I wasn't enough. He didn't even like me, certainly didn't love me. Um, you know, I was trying to hold it together, you know, for the kids, um, trying to th what's wrong with me, right? And then when I made a decision in our marriage, you know, I made a decision and started doing some work on me. And basically, it would, I would say to him, take it up with your mirror. That's the only one that's interested. And I was taking back my power. And it was a whole rediscovery of who I was and who I could be. And of course, who I am today is I'm in my own empowerment. I'm in my own choice, my own beingness, my own essence. And you can like me or leave me. I don't care. I'm not going to be offended. Whereas before it was this, what can I do to make him like me? What can I do mm -hmm. to please him? It would be who's coming up the driveway. You could tell by the way you drove. Is he happy or is he not? What am I? You're always on defense. Mm -hmm. And I don't live in that situation anymore. Mm -hmm. So I am in my truth now. Right. Absolutely. But it took work to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I and so the conversation I was having with my daughter last night, um, I did a photo shoot recently. And one of the pictures that uh, the photographer took of me um, I keep finding myself staring back at it because he caught me in a very candid moment mm -hmm. where I guess I was laughing mm -hmm. and I just looked so joyous. Yeah. And I keep looking at that picture saying to myself, it's there. <laughs> I keep saying to myself, I want to get back to that. Guy. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like, and, and, and I don't know. And, and, and I was telling her, it's like, cause I felt like for so long I had suppressed so much yes. of me. You know what I mean? Even yes, my so I do. Personality. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't even have the same personality necessarily no. coming out of it. Yeah. And it's like I'm slowly, that guy is slowly coming back, you know, and he, he makes appearances, <laughs> you know, every now and then. And, you know, and, and but I want to be back to him full time, you know, but it's just interesting. It is a process, though. Yeah. It is a process yeah. and you can't push it. You just have to allow it. There's going to be times of trigger. There's going to be times where things flare up. 20 years on, we've both moved on with our lives, but still now and again, somebody may say or do something and it takes me back there. The only difference is I can recognize it and go, I don't need to stay there. Okay. I'm no longer a part of that. Even though it may have taken me back there in a flashback, I don't have to stay there. I have the choice to dismiss that and move on. Awesome. Awesome. You'll get yeah. there. You'll get yes. there. And I believe you. I yeah. believe you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think also, you know, having the kids and they're going through, you know, uh, the confusion, the being the push and pull, which happens with this. I didn't want to have that. I just, you know, I'd seen it happen and I didn't want to have that. Um, and, you know, the children, even like my, my son recently, he's turning 37, but recently kind of went through some coaching and some things came up from his childhood. 
that had been there in his in his life and it's like there was no blame it, it was just it happened and it had a, an effect on him and he didn't realize how much an effect it had on him gotcha. and this is going to come up with the kids it's going to come up with you and i think be open be honest about it don't suppress it any further talk about it but with no blame and no shame gotcha mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no that's 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 good because you have to release it and that's what people don't realize of people that have been abused physically or emotionally is that there will be triggers and there is the burden there all the time right there and you don't realize how much they're carrying and the weight and that's why i'm always careful to say that we advocate for victims and survivors yes because just because you remove yourself from the situation right. doesn't mean you don't still need support Right. You know, and that you don't still need some healing and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. And, you know, it, I don't know about you, but if you are in another relationship or not, or whether it's too soon, but I, I've got you know, to be married. You did. Bravo. Um, yeah. <laughs> and which I, th I honestly, I'm the type of person to never say never. Right. And I said I never would again, but God saw different. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm blessed to have. A beautiful, caring, nurturing, gentle, loving wife. Um, that yeah. matches your soul. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't ignited your heart and soul and placed importance on that. That You wouldn't have attracted her. Hmm. You'd already stepped out of the victim mode because you'd taken on the battle for your children. You'd taken mm -hmm. on the battle to, to defend other people going through this. You'd already stepped into your empowerment. That's what she matched energy with. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't realize that energy begets energy. So there right. obviously had right. to be something with your first wife that you you know you started off one way maybe she changed because of having the children maybe it was chemical maybe it was something that that was in her past that she wasn't willing to deal with and instead it came out the other way there's always so many factors but we do attract people at the time of where we're at so where were you at at that time attracting her yeah no that's a good point that's a good point that's one of the things i had to reconcile you know yes this thing happened to me mm -hmm. for 14 years. I was in this, mm -hmm. but I had to ask myself, what was it about me mm -hmm. that allowed me to tolerate right. this? Right. You know, um, because I, I tolerated things that I know a lot of other people wouldn't have never tolerated. Right. You know, um, but because of where I was uh, in my own insecurities and, and whatnot and my own, you know, perspective and ideas about certain things. Um, you know, I allowed myself to endure yeah. uh, a lot of things that I, I shouldn't have, but I had to go back and, and really look at myself, Yeah. you know, and say, okay, Hampton, what, what was going on with you? Yes. You know, and what was going on inside of you, you know, even before these things started yes. happening, because I think that the me then was a prime candidate. Mm-hmm for what I went through. Right. Yes. You know, I am not now. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, you know, right. you're no longer that person. That would never happen. You know right. what I mean? There's, and there's certain things like that are just deal breakers for me now, you know, and, and that's one of the things I got to know with, you know, my, my wife now, you know, and for both of us, like 
you we we just gonna there will be no yelling, there will be like, no cursing, there will be no calling. Those are all deal breakers. We knew that right out the gate. Right. Like these things are never gonna be a part of our relationship. Now, we'll, yeah, we understand we may have conflict and have to work through some things, but there's gonna be a, a um, you know, we can do that lovingly. Yeah. You know, and respectfully and, and, and respectfully. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you set your boundaries. Absolutely. Now, it's very hard for a person who has been victimized, and you must have seen this through the work that you're doing, for some people to let go. They're so scarred. Um, they've lost their identity. They don't know who they are. And, you know, uh, you see it over and over again of somebody who's been in a bad relationship immediately going to another relationship that turns out the same or worse. Yep. And that's because they're not, they haven't addressed the pattern or broken the pattern. No, you said it. I mean, and and again, not only not broken the pattern, um, you know, I think some people don't even realize or acknowledge or feel like they deserve better. Right. Right. You know, some people really do settle for certain things because they think that's all I'm is, worth. This yeah. is the best I can do. Yeah. You know, and it's so unfortunate, but you, but that's a, that's a reality, you know, and getting people to realize who they are and, and, and what they do, do deserve, you know, that's, that's a, that's work within itself, you know, yeah. and, but, but once they do, then they can begin to set those boundaries yeah. and say, okay, I know my worth and therefore this is where I draw the line, you know, then, then those things change. Um, but yeah, you're right. A lot of people. You know, it's hard um, to to for them to see their way out uh, or even learn from yeah. a previous situation because they really haven't gotten to the root of right. the, the, the issue or the heart of the matter. And so you just end up, like you said, repeating the same mistake. Well, you know, we all want to be loved. Yes. Right. And so we chase love or maybe the next person will love me. And then it all looks lovey-dovey on the first surface. And then, you know, it goes down the same spiral or a different one. Because ultimately, we have to learn to love ourselves first. Then we understand what love is and how to bring that love into a partnership. Absolutely. And, and, and also, if you don't have the proper definition of love. Right. <laughs> yes. You could be chasing something that isn't good for you because you don't even have that right to begin with. But you triggered a thought. I remember there was a certain point in my marriage where I, and I was in that place of I've got to be better. I've got to do better. Mm. I got to be a better husband. Got to be a better man. Be a better father. I was reading First Corinthians thirteen every day. Mm -hmm. You know, and and for the folks that know the Bible, that's the great love chapter. And so I would read that over and over. And that's it's saying, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. Yeah. Love is this. You know, love doesn't keep record of wrongs. And mm -hmm. and I'm reading over and over and over and over again, and trying to apply it to myself to make sure that's the kind of love I'm displaying. And all the while, not recognizing that's also the kind of love I should be getting. To you. To I was, you. I and mean, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> that seems like such a simple thing. Yeah. But I honestly didn't apply it to myself no. in that way. It was For me, it was, I've got to do this. I've got to be this. I've got to do this. And I never took the time to say, hey, Hampton. Yeah. This is how you're supposed to be getting loved as well. You know, and so I just look back at that time like, wow, I was so consumed with trying to change her by making me better, <laughs> which yeah. 
<laughs> no, you can't change. I've really I've learned that too. You can't change other people. You know, you could be a catalyst for change. Yes, you could be an inspiration. Yes. But ultimately, um, our choice of who we are is up to us. What happens to us, we may not have a choice. How we react to it and what we do because of it is a choice. And, you know, I would say 95% of the people I've interviewed, uh, one today, a, a woman who was um, molested and raped um, was a child and then gang raped, you know, with a bunch of boys and then married somebody who was abusive and lost her child to crib death and then mm. became an alcoholic. She actually did marry somebody who's just a perfect partner for her now. But she realized that um, if she didn't deal with the pain and didn't let it go, she was never going to find the happiness that was in front of her. And she had to work through it. And that meant she had to talk about it. That meant she had to own it. That meant she had to deal with it and ask for help. Because we have to go through the process and we're not meant to go through it alone. You, wow, my heart goes out to her, but I'm glad she's in a better place now. And she's but, a real inspiration now. She's quite amazing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I sat in therapy for two years probably before I really started to open up. Mm -hmm. And I th initially it was all about what happened to me, mm -hmm. which is an important thing to yes. talk about. Yes. But I never brought up other things that mm. had been inside of me from mm. before that ever even came about. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so yes. that was the thing, like you said, you know, you realize you've got to, talk about it and yes. so it was like you know peeling back you know my, my therapist referred to it as you know she said i had a lot of things that were in the basement yeah and we needed to go in the basement and start bringing those things up mm -hmm. it's like oh but but yes you know you're right if we don't deal with those things they manifest some way or another they're yes. going to manifest if we don't deal with it and and i've definitely learned that and you know that's something i definitely try to encourage you know, others, you know, to, to, to that really, you know, if you really want to be able to move forward and grow and prosper, you gotta deal with your stuff, you know? And, um, and, you know, I don't care who you are, you know, you know, we, we see this, um, rich man, poor man, doesn't matter. You know, it's, no. we've all got issues. We all need to have to learn how to deal with it. Um, we are in an era where it is okay to be vulnerable, it is okay to talk about it, it is okay to ask for help, it is okay to share your story. This is a wonderful era because we can do that. Our, our parents' generation couldn't. That is, you know, use the key word vulnerable. Mm -hmm. The With, greatest gift you can give anybody, your vulnerability and trust. <laughs> absolutely. And I, I've tried, I've, trying to encourage men to embrace and express vulnerability mm -hmm. with each other because for so long we've navigated in a way where we all had to put on, you know, we feel like you got to put on airs and, you know, present yourself in a certain fashion because anything other than that would be a sign of weakness. Right. You know, where we're, we're actually on the contrary being expressing and embracing vulnerability is, is strength and that respect is true strength. and Absolutely. trust. Yes. And so, but, but 
it's a shift. You yes. Know, it's a shift for, for a lot of men or people in general. But I, I find particularly with men, too, it's really a shift, you know, because, you know, I always talk to people about how, you know, you know, and, and in my community, you know, the barbershop is where the guys just talk about any and everything. Well, not really. <laughs> you know, it, stuff. exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the, the guys, they're not sitting in there talking about, uh, you know, let me tell you about how my woman went upside my head last night. Like, mm -hmm. that's not going to be part of the conversation. Yep. Now, what you might hear, you might hear a guy say, man, my girl crazy. You mm -hmm. know, man, my girl tripping, you know. Yes. And it's probably a lot more to that statement. Yes. Right. But it doesn't go past that, you know. And so. It's so much more prevalent than what people realize. This issue of domestic abuse uh, and men being the the victims. It's so much more prevalent than what people realize. One, because guys are suffering in silence. Yeah. Uh, some and often they don't even recognize what they're going through as abuse. They just consider it like, you know, this is just my crazy old lady. That's yeah. just. You know, this is just how this goes, you know, kind of thing. And not realizing, like, no, this is not healthy. This is not cool, you know. And, and but what I've learned about the vulnerability thing is it's contagious. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so I, I've been over the past year kind of sojourning with a group of guys that really have taught me that, like, hearing them open up and put things out there on the table, you know, has really, and it just, it's just like a fire, you know, it just, yeah. It just spreads, and then you know this guy realizes, oh man, wait, you, you that happened to you too? Yeah, you know, yeah. and then it's just you know, and then you realize, yo, nobody is, it, you're none of us are unicorns, right? Okay? Right, <laughs> and not everything is an illusion, right? Until you pull back the veil, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Have you right. seen that uh, wonderful series on Facebook of Men Are Enough? No, um, and it's um. Um, I did a show on it after because I was so impressed. And it's a bunch of celebrities, uh, men, where they're talking about this expectation on them to know it all, to be it all, to be the John Wayne, I can handle anything, you right, know, right, and right. the toughness and, and never sharing, never exposing themselves in, in the vulnerability and that it's not the man thing to do and the whole load of bullshit that it is, right? you know, right. and it's like, well, we don't know how to express ourselves because we've never been taught to and we've been told we can't. And why is that? Why is it okay for a woman and not for a guy? Exactly. Exactly. I'm about to check that out. Yeah, no, we're really good. That, I'll that, send you the link. such a relevant conversation. You know, one of the things I've been saying to guys recently is, you know, there are some things, you know, very different about the way God made men and God made women, right? Mm -hmm. There's just some distinct biological differences, right? But our tear ducts are exactly the same. And our heart. <laughs> and our heart. Right? And our heart is the same. Yeah, you our know? heart is, he is the us, He gave us the same emotions. Oh, yeah. You know? And so it's like, you know, we're trying to suppress all of these things. Yes. Which is so God. toxic to the body, so toxic yep. to the mind. Yep. Yeah. Suppression yep. is not good on any level, no. on any front. And it will boil up somewhere. So what happens in this dis-ease, we see disease come out. And suddenly mm. somebody's got cancer. 80% of cancer is an emotional disease. We, we get, uh, obviously, anxiety. We get depression. We get addiction. Right. All of these yeah. things, because I can't deal with it. I don't know how to. I haven't been given permission. So I'm going to manifest it in a different way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we you have to talk about it. 
Yeah, you're reminding me of uh, Caroline Leaf right now. I don't know if you know her, but uh, you have to check her out. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, so much of how that stuff plays out in our body, you know. And I experienced, you know, when I was going through this, oh, my gosh. You know, people also don't, I don't think, realize how much anxiety, stress, mm. depression, you know, like you said, suppression takes a physical toll huge i mean i had chronic back pain chronic neck pain migraines um you know all these different you know yes. gut pain like all these different things that that were playing out in my body yeah because of the stress and the yes. anxiety and the, i mean it was you know incredible you know and so not only am i feel like i'm dying a, a emotional and spiritual death like i'm I'm hurting my body too. Right. Yes. You know, I, I so. developed fibromyalgia due to this because everything went into wow. the body. Yeah. And like, we don't realize like the, the colon, the kidney and the liver are the three most important organs because if they're not functioning properly, they can't support the heart or the brain or anything else in the body. And they are the first things when anxiety hits, you know, you talk about your stomach, the mm -hmm. turmoil in the stomach, like a tornado going on. And it then starts having a ripple effect on the rest of your body. It's the same right. when you tense up, when you're afraid or when you're anxious or anything else. It stops the oxygen running through your body, stops the chi, the energy. And that's when it starts causing blockages and you start developing headaches and uh, God knows what else. And so, yeah. you know, the, the thing about take a breath, take a breath before you react, take three breaths, decompress. Mm -hmm. A, you're not going to react in the same way. And B, it gives you time to think about how you're going to react. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, the other thing I wanted to bring attention to is, you know, just res with respect to the climate and talking about this from a m male perspective. There, there's so many, well, first of all, <laughs> When we talk about domestic abuse or intimate partner violence, there's so many groups that yes. are dealing with this other than just women. Right. So not, only, not only just men, but elder abuse. Yes. Is an, absolutely. Those huh. statistics. I sat in a, a, a workshop uh, on elder abuse and the statistics were just absolutely astounding. Yeah. And then when they also just started explaining like, what was happening and how things were i was just blown away yeah and it's something that's just not talked about you nope. don't hear that nope and teen dating violence yes is terrible mm -hmm. you know even in the lgbtq community yes it's astounding so you know there's all these groups you know i um, work with a uh, organization called safe stop abuse for everyone and um that's what they do they try to focus on making this more of a global conversation yeah. and because because what ends up happening is you know what they say the squeaky wheel gets the oil right and so i'm not saying by any means that women shouldn't be advocated for and supported and have resources what i'm saying is hey there's some other groups out here too that need help and need resources you know when i was in pittsburgh and wanted to flee my home there was no shelter for me to go to right right so i'm sleeping in my car in a mm. abandoned mall walmart parking lot because most times i couldn't afford to go to a hotel right you know um you know and, and random places you know I've, at one point i was a principal um and so i could go back to my school building and i would sleep in my office with the teacher's lounge 
um, and then get up and, and change before the staff realized I'd spent the night there, you know? And so, you know, but for me as a man, I, there was no shelter no. for me to go to. No. Um, it's also interesting. I went to a training once I decided, okay, you know, this is my experience. I wanted to learn more about myself, but also be able to advocate for others. I went, to, I started taking these different trainings and you've probably heard of the Duluth power and control wheel. No, I haven't. Have you seen that? So there's no. this, this, it's a wheel, it's a power control wheel, and it talks about all the different aspects of domestic violence. And this is probably one of the most popular tools that's used in training. And it's talking about the wheel, talks about how there's a cycle, and, and, all, and, and, and each section has different verbiage and talks about different aspects. But the language in it is all when he does such and such to the woman. Right. Uh, when he yeah. uh, isolates her from her family and friends, when he yeah. tries to da 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 da. And so here I am at this workshop mm -hmm. getting trained. And while I agree with all the concepts of what's in this wheel, it was excluding me. It should be what they. Right, but you they know, go through. And so yeah. it was just interesting, like, wow, this is the tool they're using to train people, but they're excluding Excluded. men. Yes. From yeah. even being a, 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 you know, a part of this conversation in this way. Right. And so, and, and, and so now since then, I've seen other wheels where people have adapted it, but I still now still to this day, I go to trainings and that will be, and I, and I will, I will pull people aside and say, Hey, you need to update your wheel. Because <laughs> so, you know, there and and but that's that's just one example of how you know we still have a ways to go with expanding this conversation and helping people understand. You know, this isn't just a one faceted, one sided yeah. thing. You know, um, and like I said, even you know, I, I believe judges and police mm. and a lot of people just need to be better trained about this topic. Um, not only, you know, understanding that, you know, men are victims as well, understanding, you know, how it affects children because I, I, Domino I, effect, right? Yeah. And I have, I, I have some beef with some judicial folks, um, because they're making ill-informed decisions, mm -hmm. you know? So if you, you just imagine you've got a judge whose responsibility is to decide where a child is going to go. Right. And if they're not properly trained and understand the effects of trauma and abuse in children, they may not make the right decision. And so to, that's a big deal, you know? And on, and I can honestly say there are times they have not made the right decision, right. you know. Yes. Um, and so the train, you know, there was a time where I called the police. Um, I was in my home, and typically I, I I got really good at being able to tell when a fight was coming, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I got good at knowing something was going to blow up. <clears throat> but this, and and usually I would leave the house. When I when when it got to that point, I'll grab my keys and just go to because I really got to a point where I was like, you know what, I may not be able to protect myself all the time, but I can't let the kids continue to see this happen right. or hear this happen. And so and I we had that conversation and I told her at the time, I said, listen, 
I said, if you do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to leave. I'm going to walk out of the house until you get yourself together, cool down or whatever, because we're not, I said, we can't continue to expose the kids to this. And we were seeing definitely the effects in the kids, hypersensitivity and hyper emotionalism and all these different things, right? It's, it's, it was manifesting. And I was like, you know what? This is not good. So anyway, this one particular time, I can't remember. I think she might've hidden my keys or whatever the case would mm -hmm. be and, and blocked, obstructed my way out of the home and I couldn't get out. So I called the police. Um, the police got there, and when they got there, she runs out the house. Yes. Screaming and carrying on. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God. And so they tried to arrest me. Right. And I'm like, guys, I made the call. Like, um, yeah. you know, they didn't, want, they didn't want to hear it. No. They didn't want to consider it. No. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you know what I mean? And so in the end, because she didn't have any physical scars on her. Right. They were like, okay, we're going to tell you what. We're not going to arrest you, but you got to leave. <laughs> Should I yeah. be, was I supposed to be grateful at that right. point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, okay, thanks. You know, but I'm the one who called. You know, so yeah. things like that that just, you know. Well, I mean, you know, uh, um, there's the whole thing about um, defunding the police. And I think, no, the funding should be that the police needs to have social workers working with them. Child advocates, you know, yes. abuse advocates, uh, people who understand what's going on. Um, even, you know, autism and, and yeah, mental conditions, yeah. yes. you know, we, they, they're not equipped. They're not trained right. to assess the situation and see it for what it is. Uh, and they need these people with them to say, uh, uh, this isn't, you know, a violent person who's about to shoot everybody up. This is a person in trouble. We need to talk them down or we need to do something else. We need to look at the situation in a different way. And I really do believe that the funding needs to change according to that, because we really are seeing um, an awful lot of police that should never be policemen um, because either they're petrified and they'll shoot first or they're bullies, you right. know, and they'll shoot right. first. And, you know, most certainly people of color and most certainly, you know, the, the victims of this. And in domestic violence, um, if it's a, a man of color against a woman, they'll always blame the man because it's always, you know, you're the thug, you're doing this. The woman couldn't be possibly uh, a victim of it because they just look at stereotyping. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I, I, while I was fighting for custody, because that's a long process, mm -hmm. I was here in Maryland. The kids were still back in Pittsburgh with their mother. Things kept happening where the kids were calling me concerned, upset, hurt. And I had to keep going back to Pittsburgh to file for protection from abuse orders. Mm. I kept getting denied. And listen, I remember the first time I went up, I had written out, you know, I had to write out all the kids' names on the paperwork. And the first thing this judge said to me, she looked at the paperwork, looked up at me, and she said, you think I'm going to give you custody of all 10 of this woman's uh, children? I was like, ma'am, those are also my children. Yeah. But she just assumed yes. something else. And yes. I'm just like, holy cow. Yes. This is how this is. Now, mind you, that's how it started. Right. So if that's how it started, I'm just telling you, it was, I could take a whole nother three hours telling you about what dealing with the court system was like. You know, it was incredible. And I think, one, honestly, being a man in the situation and also being a black man. Like, yeah. I, I really think, you know, 
being a black man in the system who was actually fighting for his kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Something they probably don't come across too often. <laughs> so, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. But you're right. I agree with you with respect to the training, the money put towards mm -hmm. the right resources. Yeah. Um, because they, you're right. Aside from the guys that the police that are the bullies and, and, and right. just in it for the wrong reasons. They're a good police. Yes. They just can't be everything to everybody, no. right? They don't right. have the wherewithal to be that, you right. know, and so uh, that is a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Mean, you know, the other problem is, is that the pandemic has caused a great deal of stress. At, at first, it was a great reflection. People paused in their life. They could see what's really important and pivot. And then it, it went on and on and on. And now you've got the non-masking and non-vaccinating and non-this and non-that. And it's become pitting against each other again, because it just seems to be that humans like to pit themselves against each other instead of looking for common ground. And we're seeing the tensions are so high out there right now. And and which makes everything more volatile. Yeah. And I remember last October, of course, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And last October, uh, participating in a lot of different events and, and hearing from a lot of different people and hearing the statistics on domestic violence since the pandemic had started. Mm -hmm. um, and more organizations actually we're talking more about men as victims yeah. because so much of what was filtering through the criminal yeah. justice system, there were people were saying they were seeing a trend with a lot of women as perpetrators. Yes. And so, you know, now obviously I wasn't happy to hear that this was happening, but it was good to know that some of these organizations that had been attention. focused, mm. right, that I've been working with before. And even it's funny because even some of the, some of the same organizations I had reached out to yes. and didn't get a peep from right now were calling me saying, Hey, can mm -hmm. you come talk? Can you, you know <laughs> what I mean? Because these statistics were coming out and, and they were realizing, okay, this is a bigger deal than what we initially, you know, thought it was. Do you find that the emphasis is on people of color as opposed to the white people or the white people don't do this? Yes, they do. They just it's behind the closed doors. Right. Actually, this is this is one of those topics where. That has not been a thing. Mm -hmm. When people talk about this, it's across the board. board. Yeah, it is across the board. And like you said earlier. Rich or poor. Yes. Right. There's 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 doctors and lawyers oh, okay. and ministers yeah. and I mean this thing when you talk about uh, it this thing goes all the way across the board right you know and so organizations are very good about putting that out there I've never had an issue with someone painting a picture with respect to just a particular race or particular good. class you know they've done a very good job because no this thing i mean people would be surprised yeah at some of the people that were per that are perpetrators right um and 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 it's and, and so yes and a lot of times they're revered in their community mm -hmm. right these, these folks you know they they officers political officers or whatever the case may be people that people love but like you said behind closed doors it's a whole nother story but yeah it it definitely is all the way across the board people are good about 
talking about it that way. I think, you know, what a, a big problem is the shame and blame. You know, it's uh, um, shameful to be going through. What kind of man are you that you allow this to happen? Why don't you just knock her about, you know, and it's, you know, and it's like, no, you know, A, there is no shame and blame here. There's an understanding of the situation that needs to be rectified. You, you keep making me think of different things. <laughs> um, like I said, this wasn't something I was telling anybody about, right? I was keeping this to mm. myself. Very early on, maybe four years in, three years in, I took a chance and I said something to a pastor. I told him what was happening in my home and and what you know the abuse that that i was receiving his comment to me was so you just gonna let her do that what did he expect you so to there, do so there you go so when you say shame and blame yeah immediately i'm like oh okay i didn't know how to take that and what did he expect to... you to do listen isn't it meant to be a person of non-violence and conflict? How about it? How yeah. about that, right? And so, but this just also goes to show. It's another a committee I was on a few years ago. One of the things they were trying to do is get church leaders, faith leaders trained. Yes. Because very often That's they will give ill yeah. advice. Yeah. They'll go, yeah. congregant, woman comes to pastor so-and-so and says my husband's beating on me pastor so-and-so calls up the husband and says hey no that's absolutely the wrong thing to do yeah right you know and so or or you know all the other stuff like well you know you just gotta pray and da, 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 da. <laughs> give it up to god yeah well god yeah. is actually saying i need help and <laughs> looking for the person who's right. going to help for it yeah right so you know so it's even you know you know, I talked about judges and, and police and child protection, but faith leaders need trained as well oh, because yeah. they're in positions to have people that are in need coming to them. But often those people are coming to them and they don't know how to serve uh, that population. Well, I mean, in a lot of religions, uh, before you get married, you know, they they do this whole workshop with, you know, Absolutely. what to expect out of it. So how about taking it a bit further about, you know, what goes wrong in a marriage and how you know, when a marriage really, you know, needs to part because it's not good for each other and when it just they need to be uh, guided in order to find their way back. So if you're doing one thing, why don't you take it further? That's a whole nother conversation. A lot of times the premarital counseling and stuff like that is, is uh, I feel like people are just going through the motions. Yeah. Like it's not they're not necessarily doing it because mm -hmm. they want counseled. Yes. And even some people that do the counseling, it's like, okay, this is protocol. Right. We're going to meet. We're going to talk. And what date is the marriage again? What date yeah. is the wedding? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now not to say I do know some personally know some folks that I mean, their premarital thing is like, it's going to expose you. It's going to make or break you. Y'all might not right. make it through the, through that. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. there Rather are some now that, than later. Right. There <laughs> yeah. are some that approach it like that, but I think too often there's some that, don't just it's just kind of going through the motions and you know because people have their mind made up <laughs> and yeah. that's going to be that i you know we've taught now a great deal more about depression mm -hmm. around how depression hurts and so many celebrities have come out and talked about depression so many people have come out and talked about the sexual abuse that they've been through and you know so many others are coming out 
and uh, I think what it does, it gives permission for people to speak up and say, okay, I'm not alone. Um, you know, I don't need to be shamed because this happened to me. Um, I do need to talk about it because that's the only way I'm going to take my empowerment back. Mm -hmm. And again, the men code is don't say anything because it shows a sign of weakness is bulderdash. I think the greatest strength in a man is to admit that he's in pain or that this has happened and this and that he wants to rectify it in some form or way because that is a sign of strength and courage in my books mm -hmm. and we need to paint it that way don't we yes absolutely and that's a huge 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 concept and um and that's one of the things you know i know in the group of men i'm in we try to do and we try to bring other men and and just try to redefine i used to say redefine manhood but I think instead of saying redefine manhood, get folks back to what manhood is and, and always should have been. Re-embrace. Um, yeah, yeah, re-embrace. And it, because, uh, like you said, a lot of folks' definition of what it means to be a man yeah. um, that we buy into is pre not. And here's the thing. It's not just men that buy into that. Yes. Right? So if you've got a woman or a mother even telling her son suck it up yeah yeah <laughs> get over it grow up right so it's and it's not just men you know and so you know we've got to really just change that that mindset um you know for, for folks because you know when you do you know embrace it and 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 understand it better everybody's better the person's better the people around them are better it makes everybody better and you don't have these other things manifesting yeah. that just lead to you know, like unknowingly, you said, unknowingly, you know, it's my dad died when I was 11, but I was witness to not necessarily the fighting, but it, it was the jabs. It was the belittling. My mom was a bit of a martyr as well. So instead of standing up for herself, you know, my dad would just keep putting her down. I went to a different country, married somebody of a total, I married a, an Oriental guy, uh, thinking he would be completely different. I married my father, 10 wow. times worse, wow. right? Because it's what you know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and it's already, I had a low opinion of myself. And so you're looking for someone to complete you, to validate you. Bullshit, guys. No, you do that for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So we don't realize we're repeating patterns. We don't realize that that is even a pattern inside of us until it manifests. And and we need to be brave enough to even say to each other, you know, you know, well, you, you, you know, the, your dad went through this or, you know, you're repeating something or are you aware of and don't look upon it as a criticism or a tag, but as an observation that you now can turn your eyes in on yourself. Absolutely. Yep. But talking about it. That's the key, isn't it? Talking about it. We don't heal until we give permission to that person's story. This particular genre is called their story matters. Everybody's story matters. And unless somebody has a voice to express their story, they're never going to heal and they're never going to find themselves and they're never going to be the true product and purpose that they were designed to be. Absolutely. Totally agree. And I think people's and, and I guess for me, I've gotten to the point now where even some even now, sometimes some aspects of it are, are difficult to still talk about. Yeah. But 
I understand now, one, it's therapeutic for me. Yes. Uh, and it's eye-opening and healing for others. A story so shared, the, right? Yeah. And so if the, if the least I could do is pull somebody else up or mm. help pull somebody else out of that same darkness and all I have to risk is my own temporary little feelings about being uncomfortable. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's worth that. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can, I can take that just to, you know, because what, what you get out of it is so much more, you know, beneficial. And, and I've seen men, you know, I've had the experience of men pulling me aside after a talk and they may have been there because they were, you know, I've been in events where a guy, he's there supporting his wife. Right. Cause she's one of the speakers or, yeah. you know, or, or whatever, or a vendor at an event or whatever. And so a guy pulls me aside after I've talked and will say, you know, Hey man, I've never told anybody this, but yeah, you know, and I remember um, a situation where it's like a, this guy was had to be like 60 years old, remarried at this time. Mm-hmm. And he pulls me aside after an event, after he heard me speak up and talk about my situation and told me his current wife didn't even know this is something he'd gone through. Right. I'm saying, I'm like, dude, all these years you've been holding on to this and never told Not anybody about this. Not good for you. Not right. good for you. And this, and he's, you know, and I just, you know, but just imagine how many, and that's what yeah. I just keep thinking about. How many guys are out here yes. just holding on to this, even if they're not currently in it. Yeah. Maybe they, it's something from the past, but they still haven't gotten to a place where they felt comfortable to, to say something. And what, and what I realize is, you know, I can post stuff on social media all day. Mm-hmm. I don't get responses from men that way. No. It's when they hear or see me yes. talking about it. It's like something opens up and I'll get, uh, get uh, con- consistently guys will pull me aside and be like, hey, man, can I talk to you? I think the situation I'm in now, that sounds like, you know what I mean? And so, you know, and, and that's one of the reasons why I do it, because I know if I get in front of some men and say, hey, this was me, too. I felt helpless. I felt hopeless. But it doesn't have to be that way. Right. You know, you know, let me help. <laughs> so I mean, you know, especially help. when when it comes to children, because a lot of the time people don't want to rock the boat because of the kids. Right. And they don't want the, the mudslinging that's going to go on and the fight. And and it's like, you know, sometimes that's inevitable and you're not going to be able to avoid it. But there are ways of doing it and you need support while you're going through it. You yep. need avenues of outlets to help you while you're going through it. And so, you know, when you've got a community of men that have been through it, who know the ins and outs, so just know how to be that support. It's so much healthier, A, for the man. B for the situation and C for the children. Yeah. And, and, and I tell guys, I say, listen, man, by no means. And I'm telling you, it, it, this process is going to be easy. Yeah. By no means. No. But if you let me, I might be able to help make it easier. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. And, and isn't it better than what you're in right now? Right. Do you want to go for another 20, 40 years in this situation? Or do you want to brave up and, and, Face it head on now and go through this process and become what you want to become at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's everybody's challenge in life. That's what we're here for is our self-discovery of who we really are. You know, what is our instrument? Which orchestra do we play it with? And we're all going to have a battle along the line. It's how we face that battle, who we become because of that battle mm-hmm. and how it serves others in the end, yeah. because we're yeah. here to be of service to one another. 
Absolutely. I like the orchestra illustration because, right, if, you know, if you're if, – if orchestra is beautiful because of the way everybody plays their particular instrument, yes. their respective instrument together, yes. right? Harmoniously. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that's, you know, we are the individuals that we are responsible for ourselves and what we do with our lives and what's, what's happening to us, we can change. We have that empowerment to do that. That's our choice. But we are meant to be a part of the collective and we are meant to be of service to one another, contribute. And the best human being you can be, the better you are going to be at serving your community. Mm-hmm. So you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your community, you owe it to your family. And, you, you know, when you look at some people who have it all and they're really at the top of the ladder and you hear their stories of how they got there and how they fell and what they had to go through to pick themselves back up and that they would do it all over again to be where they are now, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not alone. That's the big thing for people to understand. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter that you're a man. Uh, we believe you when you say you're going through abuse. We're there for you. And, but you've got to be willing to step up and go through the process. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a way out. Absolutely. There is an end in sight. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So what are you offering people right now? How can they get hold of you? What kind of services are you giving? So... Uh, right now, we are the we had a focus group. Um, I'm sorry, support group uh, that we have. We we want to start to work on getting that back started up again since COVID. Um, it it kind of deteriorated, but uh, we want to definitely get that back going. And it was a support group for men because what I realized when I was going through it, I looked for a support group. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And I couldn't find one to fit my situation. Right. And I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. I figured this melting pot, yeah. this population, like, there's got to be something for me, right. you know, somebody in my situation. And I mean, I found meetups and support groups for everything under the sun. But some some <laughs> of the weird some of the weirdest things you'd ever yeah. ever find a support group for. But I couldn't find one for my situation. So I said, well, maybe I'll start one. And so. Um, our, my, um, organization movement ministries website is make moves.org. Yeah. And so in addition to the support group though, if you're just need resources or support, mm. if you're in the situation or if you know somebody who's in the situ in an abusive situation, we can get you to the right place. And it doesn't matter that I'm in DC and you may yeah. be in Oklahoma, <laughs> yeah. right we will if we don't have the resources we will get you in touch with the right resources to be able to help you or help you help a friend yeah or a loved one mm -hmm. navigate their situation um and so that's you know some of the primary uh things we're just focused on right now um and we also the org we also do some programming with returning citizens uh so that's some other project we're working on and 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 helping them transition back into society as well. But yes, um, you know, it's going to be a busy month next month because it is mm -hmm. domestic violence awareness month. Um, and so I'm sure I'll be doing a lot of speaking and things like that, but yeah, make moves.org. That's how you can reach us at movement ministries, uh, safe stop abuse for everyone's, um, 
that is another organization that has a, a bunch of resources to help all populations, um, which I think is very important. Um, and, and not enough, like I said, not enough of those other populations are being talked about uh, and, and being supported in this situation as well. Thing is, we don't know what's out there until we need it. True. And, yeah. and you know, I've, I've just done a veteran show. And, you know, one of the things I noticed about the veterans, they came back and found the support they needed wasn't there. So they created it themselves to support other veterans. Yeah. They've become each other's strength. Yeah. And so why can't men be there advocating for men and be yeah. each other's strength? If it's not there, create it. If it's yeah. not there, talk to you about how it can happen, right? Because for you sure. want to make the moves. Everybody Absolutely. wants to make the moves, but you know, you're not alone. You don't have to be alone. You just have to be willing to move. Yeah, absolutely. in the right direction. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank thanks you for, for being brave. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for taking the time to use your platform to have this conversation. It's a needed conversation. Um, abuse on any level, on any person, any living thing, any animal, even the planet. Mm -hmm. it, this abusive cycle that we're in has to be dealt with and the only way we're going to deal with it is talk about it get the resources out there and start addressing why it's there in the first place mm -hmm. because we never look at the root cause we're always right. band-aiding the system you know the yep. problem and we need to start getting at the root cause and turning it around before it becomes a problem the only way we're going to do that is supporting people like yourself and making the moves yes ma'am awesome so thank you very much folks it's October. Abuse, no month should just have an abuse. The abuse is every month, every day. If you know somebody that's been abused, step up for them. Don't let them feel like they're alone and they're isolated. Man, woman, child, it doesn't matter. It's a senior, God knows the amount of teenagers that are abusing seniors right now is just disgusting. There is a root problem out there. The only way we're going to deal about it is if we each and every one of us step up in some way, in some form of support, and don't turn a deaf ear to it or a blind eye. This needs to be looked at, and the only way we can do that is facing it head on. So until next time, folks, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. To find many more shows of inspiration, please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com podcasts and you will see an array of shows to choose from. Please do visit our www.discoveringcommunities.org and see what else that we have in store for you. Do enjoy our next show.